I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Australia are away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jolly. And LJ, the Ashes are all wrapped up. It seemed like a bit of a whirlwind in the end with all those matches, particularly at the back end, all close together. But the Aussies won pretty convincingly in the end. It was 12-4 Australia's way. I guess it was pretty demoralising in the end for England. But were you surprised with the way Australia were able to come out and keep England winless in the whole series? Yeah, it felt like England were really close at times. I think never more so than that final hour, final session of the test match when they really did look like they were going to win. But maybe that's kind of part of the nature of how quick the series happened. It was all over in three weeks and I think momentum was massive there. And if England were feeling demoralised from that test, they barely had three days to pick themselves back up and get their heads in the game to for the ODIs. So I think in the end, it was a pretty flat England team by the time we got to that last ODI and you could really tell that it had warned them a bit. So definitely felt closer than 2019, even though England got a win in that series. Yeah. What did you make of it? Yeah, definitely. I thought England showed a lot, like they, especially in that first T20. Like I remember watching that first T20, I was on my couch, sadly. But watching that, I was like, wow, we're in for a hell of a series here. And then it was just unfortunate that the, the two washouts followed. And then I reckon if if England had gotten that win in the test, that would have, it would have just been a completely different England side that we would have seen rock up for the ODI leg of the series. Like it could have just been so different because it would have been one of the most incredible test wins that we've ever seen, but it would just, would have just been really hard to pick themselves up. And then Australia, we know they're such a good ODI team. And now I guess we head into the world cup. Australia's confidence will be sky high and, on the other hand, England will be feeling, I don't know, it's hard to know how they'll be feeling. But today on the show, we're speaking to Meg Lanning. So all the teams are in um, quarantine. They're on day four of their quarantine at the moment. So we spoke to Meg and once the Aussies are released, they'll have a couple of warm-up matches before they meet England once again. So it'll be interesting to see how they fare, fare there. LJ, what did you think, like, how do you think England will be able to bounce back from what's been a pretty tough couple of weeks over in Australia. I feel like the the quarantine might be a bit of a circuit breaker for them, if nothing else, just to to rest, 
turn their minds off cricket for what they thought was going to be a 10-day period of hard quarantine. Um, if they're anything like us, they'll currently be ecstatic if they just got a call from the New Zealand departure people to tell them it's been cut to seven days. So now they're going to get out on Thursday, not Sunday, which is just massive. And I think that would be a huge mood lifter for both teams in quarantine, finding out they're going to get out three days early and have that little bit of extra time free and ready to get ready for the tournament. Um, but yeah, I think that circuit breaker could be massive for them and a real chance to just forget the ashes and move on because they can't yeah. dwell on it. Tournament play is totally different. It's a really long World Cup, They're the defending champions. So I think both teams will need to move on and get their minds around this tournament. Yeah, it's a good call. Genuine game changer. If anyone was watching our Zoom call right now, you'd see just two big grins after we've got both got calls <laughs> in within like five minutes that we're getting freed. What, that's cutting three days off our quarantine? No, three, three days. Massive. Yeah, we got like three days. And we're already on day four. So that's almost over. This is easy. <laughs> Anyway, back to the cricket. Did you did you get the sense that Australia had played their best uh, cricket throughout the Ashes series? Because I felt like I like watching them. They always like as I've said. I think I've said this before, but I always just think that Australia are going to win. Like I always, someone always pulls out something special. Like whether it was Darcy Brown, I think we saw in that first ODI, Australia looked on the ropes. They needed to pull out something amazing. They needed to bowl out of their skin and they did. Darcy Brown, I think finished with four wickets and just made the match her own along with Talia McGrath, whoever it is, someone steps up to the plate, but I don't think we've ever seen a fully firing um, Australia team in this Ashes series, which might be, might sound a bit ominous to any other teams that have been watching. Yeah, I agree. I think they always talk about wanting to play a complete game and we definitely didn't see that at any point during the Ashes. Um, England were the same too. Both teams were really good in patches with the bat and the ball, but never quite put out that that perfect performance they'd be hunting for. So there's, I think both teams will look at it and go, we've got huge room for improvement. Really exciting to see what can happen in the World Cup, um, particularly for the batting units because we know those pitches mm particularly for the first two ODIs, weren't so batting friendly. Australia certainly made it look a bit more so in the third ODI, um, but different conditions in New Zealand. It could be really exciting to see where they can take their games. What do you make of it? Yeah, I reckon it's going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what the Aussies can do. And I know, like, I feel like, well, the whole time I've sort of been following the cricket, everyone's just spoken about the Aussies wanting to get redemption from that 2017. And we spoke spoke to Meg about, like what, like she still thinks about those, like those decisions that she made back in 2017 and how she's consciously tried to become a better leader, a better captain and a better, better teammate. And like, I'm just really excited to see it all get underway. I think Australia, like, as we said to Meg, like they've hardly lost an ODI. Like they, they are in the box seat to win this tournament. So I think they'll, they might be feeling the pressure. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that, but it's going to be an awesome tournament pumped for it to get underway. Me and LJ, we're both here in New Zealand. So we'll be keeping you across it all. And remember, if you want to tune into all the action, uh, all you need to do is sign up for KO and you'll be able to watch it on their KO freebies program, which is, which is a great result for Aussie fans. So thanks for, thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy our chat with Meg Lanning. 
Meg Lanning, Aussie skipper, welcome back to The Scoop. Thank you for joining us. Firstly, congrats on an epic Ashes win, but you're straight back into quarantine. Meg, we know you're probably not someone who loves the whole <laughs> quarantine setup. So how are you going? What's your what's your mode of survival to get through the 10 days? Uh, thanks for having me, firstly. Um, this is sort of a bit of a highlight of my day, actually. Um, yes. So I'm pretty happy to come on. Um, yeah, I've been trying to sort of sleep in a little bit. Um, we do get brekkie at about eight and a bit of a knock on the door. So you've got to sort of put that to one side, but, um, yeah, I've been trying to sleep in a bit and then I will admit, I have been cutting a few laps in the room, um, <laughs> trying to get the steps up. I can't really sit still too often. So we do get a little bit of fresh air. So time, um, each day, which has been a bit of a savior for me, um, to be able to get outside and get a few steps up and chat to a few people. So, um, all in all, it's, it's going okay. I think, yeah, we're, we're, getting through the days pretty quick and hopefully it's um it's over pretty soon nice how are all the girls going uh i've seen some of them haven't seen others (laughs) uh so it's actually been pouring with rain the first few days so uh, the fresh air time has been only for the brave uh (laughs) because um literally get pretty soaked so there's around half the team who uh, i haven't actually seen yet (laughs) i hope they're still alive (laughs) oh god yeah, and what are your essentials in quarantine? Like, how do you occupy yourself? Uh, well, I need activity. So uh, we're lucky we've got a bit of a bike here, which um, not my first choice of equipment, I must admit. Uh, I, I very rarely get on the bike, so mm. I've sort of had to do that sort of half-hour stints. It's really all I can manage before I get too bored. Um, coffee is very important. Um, so I've got my – I've actually got an AeroPress here with me so I and a little grinder, so I grind up my – beans a couple of times a day and nice. um, that wastes five minutes so way to pass the time <laughs> uh and then yeah just like just a couple of really good like foods a little bit of chalky always have a bit of chocolate before i go to bed i love my yogurt so stocked up on that um and apart from that i'm not sure what i do with my time uh, tv shows into- <laughs> tv shows oh, I, books i sort of threatened to threaten to watch a lot of tv shows in quarantine and then like i get to the end of it and i'm like I'm not really sure what I actually did um, <laughs> with my time. So I've been watching a few Netflix shows and whatnot, but um, the Winter Olympics has actually probably been the most frequented um, channel on my TV. Nice. Meg, you guys have obviously been pretty restricted for a while now and, like, you got this last into New Zealand, but we never seem to, like, hear any complaints from you guys. Is that kind of like the mentality of the team to just, like, cop it on the chin, it is what it is, just get on with it? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, overall we've got a a really positive group who um, enjoy, you know, each other's company and love playing for Australia. So, um, yeah, obviously touring looks very different for us at the moment than it has, you know, a few years back. But um, yeah, we're very lucky to be to be playing cricket. I mean, to get that Ashes series up in in all three formats was a pretty amazing effort. And uh, no, we could have gone eat at restaurants, which we would love to do, but we, we could get takeaway. We could yeah. still sort of eat together outdoors. We could go for a walk. We could play golf um, and we could play cricket. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff in there that is very enjoyable. And, um, yeah, the group managed it really well. And um, we're going to have to do that again here in New Zealand. It'll be a different set of circumstances again, mm. uh, which we need to adapt to. But the group's been very good at that over the last few years. And I've no doubt that it'll be the same here. Yeah. But do you know what that looks like for you guys in New Zealand yet? Is it a bit like what you had in Oz? Uh, we're hoping it'll be relatively similar. So sort of takeaway coffees and food, um, potentially eating outdoors, but we're not sure exactly what the sort of close contact rules look like 
at, look like at this stage. Just, I suppose it depends which city you're in. But, um, yeah, we sort of just wait till we're told what we can and can't do. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, everybody wants to be able to play cricket. So we, we don't want to put ourselves into a situation where we might get stuck and have to quarantine or get COVID. So everybody's yeah. reasonably smart with what they do because everybody wants to be part of the World Cup. Yeah, makes total sense. And Meg, just quickly, did we see on Beth Mooney's Instagram that you got a puppy? <laughs> uh, yes, that is true. Um, Mabel, it's she's a, a golden retriever. That's and, so cute. And, um, mum actually, mum and dad are looking after her at the moment. It's co-parenting, I'd like to call it. Um, and she's dug up the watering system since I've left. Uh, she was in the naughty corner the other day. Oh no! So uh, there she's you go, six months. So I mean, <laughs> she, well, it was my watering system. So okay, that, okay. That's, uh, at least a little bit better, wasn't this? Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, she's six months old um, and being a puppy. So um, I'm missing all that fun. She'll be, oh. a, she'll be a dog by the time I get back probably. <laughs> she'll be massive. Um, but she has been, yeah, really fun to, to have around and um, provide a bit of entertainment. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys played some great cricket during the Ashes, won the series outright, outright went undefeated. Did you guys actually get much time to sit around and reflect on that together before you had to get on that plane? Uh, we had, yeah, a few nights. I think it was really nice actually to have like a full day between finishing the Ashes and, and then travelling the following day. So that sort of allowed us just to catch our breath a little bit. Um, we actually had, yeah, a team sort of dinner um, outdoors at, um, yeah, a, a place in Melbourne, which was really nice. All the players and staff were there um, just to sort of, yeah, spend some time. It actually felt very strange um, sitting sort of, at a at a pub um, outdoors, sort of doing something relatively normal, which we hadn't been able to do for a long time. But um, yeah, it was sort of deemed a, an appropriate thing to do and a safe thing to do. And um, everybody thoroughly enjoyed spending some time together, just sort of yeah, chatting through the events of the past few weeks, and and also just looking ahead to what was coming up as well. And do you personally have a favourite moment or, or performance from that three weeks of Ashes? Um, I. I think Talia McGrath's 90-odd in the first T20. Mm. Um, I had a, a front row seat from the other end to, to watch. Um, and, like, she just came in and just bossed the game right from the start. Like, it was just like, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> like, she had no fear. She just took them on. Um, and it just really looked very easy for her. And, um, you know, she obviously played well during the Indian series, which which was great. But, again, she's just come in, been really clear on what she's trying to do. and to be able to dominate, you know, the first game of a big series like that mm. and set her up for the rest of the, the series as well. And um, she didn't really stop throughout. It was great to see her. So uh, hopefully it's something she can continue to do during this World Cup as well. Yeah, for sure. And obviously make the test match was another incredible spectacle. Have you sort of had time to digest what unfolded, particularly on that day four? And has it sort of like made you want to play more and experience more of that? I would certainly love to play more. Um Hopefully that's the case over the next few years. We'll just have to sort of wait and see. But, um, yeah, certainly had a bit of time to reflect on it. Um, it certainly didn't pan out how we probably thought it might. I mean, obviously declaring at, what, 260 to win, we, we knew that it gave England a shot. Um, mm-hmm. That was, you know, that was clear. Um, but, yeah, we, we couldn't really have predicted how it was going to pan out. It turned into one of the most amazing games I've ever played. I must admit, with about, I reckon Siva was in, uh, with Dunkley, they had 45. Mm. And I was like, this could be one of the lowlights of my oh. career, actually. I remember distinctly thinking that. Oh, no. <laughs> and um, 
I mean, yeah, you guys know what happened after that, yeah. but it turned out to be one of the best. So it was, yeah, a crazy final hour. There was so much going on. I had no idea what I was doing. I was making it up as I went along. And some things worked and some things didn't. Um, and that's that's what happens in cricket. No regrets? Would you do anything differently looking back? or? <laughs> uh, oh, it probably could have changed things up a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, obviously what we saw when we when Annabelle went around the wicket, we went a bit short. It sort of was, it was by accident that we discovered that that was a good way to go about things. Um, so I think probably could have gone to that a little bit earlier just because it was so easy for them. Like we sometimes having all, you know, being able to put all the fielders back isn't easier mm. uh, because we had them all back and then they just get easy ones and twos. Yeah. And, and then you bring a couple in, they hit a four. Like it was just <laughs> literally like impossible to stop them scoring at one stage. Um, so it was quite, yeah, quite a challenging situation. So I think if, yeah, we'd done that a little bit early, it might have changed. Yeah, the other thing is like I, I think could have gone to maybe slightly straighter and maybe less slips fields earlier. Um, and that was, that was sort of my call. So, yeah, probably stuck with the other plan probably too long and they got away from us and got them in the game, which um, sort of, you know, made the decision for them in terms of whether they were going to go for the runs. We were sitting in the press box. We were not calm at all. Were you, with your <laughs> mind, running like a million miles an hour? Like how are you processing all those decisions that you had to make? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was going quite quickly. I, I, like I said before, I, I didn't really know what I was doing or what you should be doing in that situation because yeah. I've never been in it before. Um, so, but, but like Rach and, um, in particular Pez was mm. actually really helpful for me. Um, particularly when Belsey was bowling just in, in terms of being really clear with what we were trying to do. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I think we might've been for 45 minutes over time in our overs, um, just because we were trying to literally plan every ball yeah. because that's what it felt like we needed to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, it wasn't deliberate or anything like that. It was just literally like every ball actually really matters here. So yeah. we need to get it right. So um, yeah, Pez was really good in just sort of being really clear with what we wanted to do. And um, so, yeah, I guess it was a bit of organized chaos, I guess you could call it, but um <laughs> Yeah, it was certainly a very unique situation. Well, it was fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. We did. <laughs> Actually, I had to go back and watch it again later because it was so hectic at the finish there that we needed to sit back and, right. and take it all in. Um, but on to the one-dayers, and um, you kind of one-upped Mitch a bit with your classic slips catch, but it seemed like your celebration for Mitch's catch was actually <laughs> a lot more enthusiastic. Yes. you rate those? yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I was, I got points for the, the catch and then lost points for the celebration on mine because it was quite a- average. I mean, my excuse is that I, I just caught it so well. So that <laughs> it was stuck in my hand. I couldn't get rid of it. Like it was in I don't, like one of those ones where it just happens. <laughs> like it just goes in, you catch it. Um, yeah, so that was nice. But, yeah, Midge, Midge did say to me that uh, she thought she'd made the highlight reel and then I'd just gone and ruined it for her. So, um, yeah, hers was a pretty good good catch as well. We actually, yeah, we practice a lot in the slips and we don't always get a lot of catches there. And, and I've dropped a few as well over the time. Um, and I had sort of been saying, like, I just need one to come sort of straight to me because all of them have been not not hard, super hard but not easy. Okay. Um, and I got that one in Canberra, actually, um, in the first ODI. Um, which was straight oh, to yeah. me, which I got. And then I felt like, yeah, I'm good now. Like 
So um, I mean, it's funny how it sort of turns around. Yeah, something like that anyway. <laughs> oh, they were both both very fun to watch. And now, Meg, onto the World Cup. It's kind of a different beast, you know, like being in, in a tournament, tournament play. How does that challenge your team and sort of present different challenges to maybe a bilateral series? Yeah, it's very unique. Tournament play is very different to bilateral series. Um, you know, obviously you're playing a different team every game. Um, some teams we know better than others. So we play England first up, which we know very well. Um, and then you've got teams like sort of Bangladesh and Pakistan who, you know, we don't play very often at all. So um, that presents sort of different challenges in itself. But, um, you know, it's, I, I like this World Cup because you play every team. So it's, mm. it's, it's a pure, pure World Cup and the team that wins that, you know, will have certainly earned it. So, um, yeah, I think... You know, it, it's a good thing in a way. You know, in in some ways, you just focus a lot on what you're doing and how you want to play because you know you obviously you can do your research and and we will do that. But um, I think sometimes when you don't know a lot about some teams, it's best just to try and focus on the way that you want to play, and that's that's what I think we'll do throughout. Um, so you know, obviously different conditions over here as well, which we'll have to adjust mm-hmm. to. Um, we've got a couple of practice games heading into the tournament. So, yeah, it presents some really good challenges for us, but um, we're all looking forward to it. And this will be your third one-day World Cup, having played in India in 2013 and England in 2017. Looking back at 2013, you were, I think, 20 years old, pretty <laughs> fresh to international cricket. What are some of your best memories from that tour? Uh, yeah, I, I think I was just living the dream, to be honest. I, you know, had come into the, the team and... We were very successful from the start. Like Darcy um, Brown now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. So, um, yeah, so, like, I just – all I sort of knew was winning, to be honest. Like, um, there were some amazing players. You know, Lisa Stalaker, I think that was her last tournament. Um, you know, Alex Blackwell, Jodie Fields. Um, so, yeah, I was playing with some really cool players. And, um, yeah, it's a bit of a blur, to be honest. We, we went to some interesting places, I think, Um Katak was probably um, an interesting place. We had to move hotels, I think, because it wasn't quite what we were after. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, so it's certainly sort of very different now. We, we get looked after very well at World Cups. It was probably, you know, a touch different back then. But, you know, that's that's what happens when, uh, you know, I guess you move on 10 years, things things change. And, um, yeah, so I, I just, I don't I don't know if I did that much during that World Cup, but I was enjoying myself and, I think you've um, got 100. yeah, living the dream. It's got 100 that was, yeah, one game. It? I don't think I did much after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun. Did I hear a mouse ran over your foot in that rehearsal? Oh, that yes. yeah, yeah. yeah, that may or may not have happened at breakfast, but <laughs> I try to not think about it. <laughs> Goodness me. That was at a good place too. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. And so the Aussies, yeah, as you said, won the trophy. You were getting pretty used to winning. It was shortly after the T20 World Cup from Sri Lanka. By then, were you sort of getting a sense of what what, what you needed to do to be successful in these tournaments and what World Cups mean to Australian cricket? Yeah, I think so. I was, yeah, lucky. It was sort of 2012, 2013, and 2014. I think we had those three three World Cups in three years, you know, two of them T20, but um yeah, I mean, I guess the first couple of World Cups, it was just about enjoying it and just seeing what they had to offer and, you know, being involved in a big world event. And, um, yeah, again, we were very successful. I was just sort of playing a little bit of a role in, in that. And then, um, 
yeah, I mean, the more you, you go on, the more you realise how special they are to be a part of. I think early on I probably didn't quite understand that. Um, you know, they were the sort of more games and we were winning and that was great. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, World Cups now, particularly the one-day World Cup, it comes around sort of every four or five years in this case. Mm. Um, so you don't get the opportunity to do it that, that often. So um, we certainly enjoy it um, and embrace it a lot more this time. Obviously, 2017 has also been talked about a lot um, with you guys knocked out of the semis and forced a few changes in the team. Five years later on, is there a bit of unfinished business for you from that tournament? Uh, oh, for me, maybe personally. Um, but I think as, as a group, we're very different now. So, yeah, there's mm. no doubt that we changed a lot from that experience and we're probably forced into changing both on and off the field. Um but I think it's sort of done its job in that in that respect. Like it's it's had that impact on us, and we have been able to make some changes. And now we've got a to, you know pretty much a totally new squad, mm. um, half of which weren't involved in that in that tournament. So um, I think that's sort of the way we're looking at it. I think individually players will probably you know who were involved in that will probably still hold on to some of that stuff. I certainly do. But um, in terms of a group perspective, uh, I think it's a totally new. Um, assignment, I guess, that we're going on this this time around. This we're trying to win this World Cup. Um, you know, England and England are the defending champions, and we're all chasing them. So um, that's the way we're looking at it. And you've obviously overseen this like pretty significant period of change for this team. What do you think you've changed personally, like as a leader and as a person since since 2017? Um, yeah, I think I've been able to like enjoy the experience a lot more I think uh, I probably I feel like I came in through my career at start and I was like yeah whatever like I'm playing for today this is great like love it and then you go through a period where you're like probably go a bit too serious and too caught up in some things um and then I think coming out the other side of that I've started to really work out what what things are important um and why I sort of enjoy the game and that is sort of being part of a really cool team with different personalities who are able to really express themselves and that's probably the best thing about this team at the moment is that we've got so many different people and personalities but everyone seems to, to fit and, and feel like they um, are part of it um, so I guess that's a really cool part of the, the team that um, you know the leaders have I guess had an impact on trying to create. And we always get the sense that teams really fire themselves up when they come up against Australia and it's often the one they look at and go, that's the game, we really want to try and knock them off. How do you guys counter that when you come up against it pretty much every game? Yeah, that's, that's something I guess we do speak about a bit is we, we know that, um, you know, teams want to play their best against us and they just sort of yeah find a bit extra. So it's it just reinforces to us that we need to play at our best every game. Uh, there's no room for complacency or thinking that it's just going to happen, uh, which is, you know, a trap we've fallen into in the past. But um, I think this group has for a number of years now been able to focus when we need to. And, um, you know, we certainly haven't had it all our own way. Um, you know, there's been times when we've been really challenged. I think the Ashes was a perfect example of that where, you know, we weren't winning that from start to finish. Um, you know, there were games where we were really challenged and tested and, you know, probably should have lost but we found a way to to win and get back into it so um, that's something that is, is really important from our team is to know that teams will come hard and we might be on the back foot a little bit sometimes but 
we just absorb it a bit, take our time. And then when we get the chance to sort of put the pressure back on them, then we go. And I think you've lost something like two out of 30 ODIs since that last World Cup in 2017, probably coming in as even hotter favourites than you were then. Does that sort of add expectation or pressure to the way you guys approach this tournament? Uh, not really. I think World Cups come with their own pressure anyway. Um, there's no doubt we're coming here to win. That That's what we're doing. Uh, but, you know, I don't think there's any extra pressure mm. um, in terms of, you know, it's hard to get a gauge on that, that record as well because we play so many T20s and then the odd test match and different series. Yeah. Like, like to be honest, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Like, like we just try and win games. Like, so yeah. you know, I don't think we don't necessarily look at it like that. Um, but yeah, but but like I said before, like England are the defending champions. They hold the trophy. Yeah. So um, you know, I think there's an element of pressure on them as well to to perform. So um, you know, we're all trying to chase them. They've got it what we want and we're doing our best to go and get it. And you tick past 150 games as skipper during the Ashes, which is a, a phenomenal record. What's the best part of your job? <laughs> uh, oh, game day, playing. Game day. Playing for your country. Um, I love playing. I, I enjoy training, but I love playing more. Um, and just to be able to play with people who I'm, you know, very close with and, um, you know, been through some ups and downs with and, um, you know, we just enjoy each other's company. So, um, you know, I think at the moment the squad that we've got together is, is um, as I said, full of personalities, different personalities, but um, yeah, we all love spending time together when we get to go out and play on the field um, and represent our country. That's, that's the best part. Nice one, Meg. And last question for you. What's the first thing you're going to do when you are finally released from quarantine? <laughs> uh, go and get a flat white a proper flat white from a really good coffee shop um because i'm on the aeropress at the moment which is good but it's not a flat white it's not the same Um, so i'm saving myself for that and i will walk there because i really enjoy walking and spending time out in the fresh air nice the simple pleasures that's it meg thank you so much for joining us on the scoop it's been a pleasure to chat and yeah we wish you all the best for the world cup and we'll catch you on the other side once we're all free no worries thanks guys Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catches Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.